Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Today, we're speaking to 12-year-old Brennan, who won Facts Teal Love Shines Bright Spotlight Contest. Brennan and his mom, Shannon, are going to share Brennan's food allergy story, and will enjoy learning about his life as an active 12-year-old boy who lives with food allergies. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I'm your host for the Facts Roundtable podcast. I'm a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog. Welcome, Brendan and Shannon. It is an absolute pleasure to host you on the Fact Roundtable podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, too. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I love speaking to you, too, and I love seeing you, too. I haven't seen you since Teen Retreat, so this is such a treat for me, too. Oh, those were the days when we all could be together. Yes, I miss them, and I'm hoping for next year for sure. So, Shannon, we're going to start with you. Can you share with listeners how you discovered Bren's food allergies? For sure. So I feel rather fortunate, actually, in how we discovered them because it happened very young. Bren was about six weeks old, and my husband was doing night feedings with a dairy formula bottle, whereas during the day I was doing the breastfeeding and, and whatnot. And he realized that there was just something not right with the baby at night. He would give the baby a bottle, hoping that he would be able to go to sleep, and absolutely the opposite would happen. Brennan would show signs of distress. He would cry. Some might say our pediatrician at the time thought maybe he was colicky, but my husband's instincts really kind of jumped in, and he was thinking maybe the baby's lactose intolerant because we had really no understanding of food allergy at the time. So he decided to switch to a soy-based formula one day. He said, you know, I'm just going to try this. I found this at the store. I'm going to give it a shot. And I thought, okay, that's fine. And he said it was a remarkable difference. He said, I gave the baby soy and he fell right to sleep. He wasn't crying. He felt it was just the right move. So we just did that. And we presented that to our pediatrician upon our next appointment. And we used the word, we think the baby might be lactose intolerant. And mind you, this was 12 years ago when our pediatrician said, no, babies are not lactose intolerant. If you feel like soy works, then use soy, but you're kind of wasting your money because it's a little bit more expensive. But Babies are not lactose intolerant. So we went with our instincts and we continued to give the baby the soy formula. Even breastfeeding, you know, I started to see Brennan represent eczema. We had those really rosy cheeks that our community probably knows about when they're little. A lot of discomfort on the skin. And it wasn't until he was about six months and we were following the recommended at the time introduction of food that we gave Brennan yogurt. And it was without a doubt that he was having an allergic reaction and it was projectile vomiting and hives all over the place. And I think at the time we only had Benadryl. Uh, We knew, we said, okay, this is more than just lactose intolerant. And we quickly switched pediatricians who then got us in touch with a wonderful board certified allergist that worked with us moving forward. 
we're actually still in contact. That's wonderful because you've moved states, right? Yep. We moved Illinois to California five months ago now. Yeah. I love it. So your allergist is that important that you stayed with them. That is amazing. That is fantastic. We had a call with her, what, two weeks ago now, maybe? And she said, I'm never going to let you go. She said, Shannon, I promised you when he was little, I was going to see him off to college one day. We're going to do that together. I believe it. I believe she's probably going to be there at your graduation. Oh, yes. We'll see. We got a few years to go. So now, Brennan, talking about finding this fabulous doctor who helped you with your allergy diagnosis, what foods are you allergic to? And if I recall right, you outgrew a few allergens too. So can you tell listeners about what you used to be allergic to and what you're allergic to now? So I started with a milk allergy, a peanut allergy, and some Trina allergies, and they kind of expanded from there as we tried a new food. So when you're young, you know, you try one food at a time, see if it works, then move on. So that's exactly what happened. And over the course of maybe a year, we discovered that there were, I think at the time, nine food allergies that I was allergic to. So it took a while to figure out that I had nine, but we did it somehow and by the time I was four years old, I had expanded to 11 and then 12. So when I entered kindergarten, I had 12 food allergies. I mean, that was tough, definitely, because I had never really eaten with other people before. Because in the day, before that was before peanut patch, milk patch, everything to try to keep you from not reacting as quickly. And so I started school in Chicago with 12 allergens. And that was pretty tough. And now how many allergens do you have right now? I have seven right now. So then how did you find out that you outgrew some allergens? So there's our wonderful doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of years after I started school, she started testing me on them. So of course, if you've been to an allergist before, you know that they want to do those tests to make sure that you're actually still allergic to it. I had one of those tests maybe once every six months or so. And she's like, well, we should try beef. And so one day I was brought into the room And I got some beef and it was fine. One allergen gone, right? The oral food challenges. And I'm so glad Brennan is expressing how we did it. So it's small introduction, right? Monitored by his board certified allergist. We would do a little bit at a time. It usually would take half a day to a day. We did have some wonderful successes with beef, with almond, with avocado, with tomato. We had Also, some maybe not so ready yet with baked egg. We had one experience where baked egg, we were not there. We we experienced some vomiting. So thankfully, we stopped. But it was really when he was younger that we followed the advice of our allergist. And we even watched Brendan at the time be able to consume sesame seed without problem. But then... As we kind of, if you read the blog, you know that sesame came back to haunt us. Boy, it came back like a dragon. That was, (laughs) we were ready for it, right, Bren? (laughs) But anyway, so Brennan has been so brave, and we just treated it like this is what we do. My husband and I would go with him, and we never were overly concerned about it. We wanted him just to know this is just a medical thing that we're doing, and we trust your doctor, and she always gave us the best advice and we always felt really safe and comfortable and prepared if we needed it. Maybe late 2017, uh, I was trying some hummus in my backyard with Enjoy Life chips. You know, everybody loves Enjoy Life chips. One bite and I didn't feel good. And so this this was probably one of the biggest reactions, perhaps not the biggest since I can't not remember, like young, 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 but the biggest I remember 
was a few years ago. The ambulance came and it was all good and I got EpiPen quickly. It was fine. And I went to the hospital and they monitored me and they said, yeah, you're good to go. You're just allergic to sesame now. And I'm like, okay. That was a hard way to find out. Oh, yeah. But but I'm glad it turned out well and that you were ready and handled it beautifully. He sure did. And actually, I think with all of his confidence and all the training and the, you know, normalcy that Eleanor and Camp Tag had provided to him at the time, he grabbed his EpiPen. And if I had one regret, I took it and administered it, but he was fully prepared to do it himself. It was such a learning opportunity because he also had the experience of how fast epinephrine works. He's always been great about self-caring epinephrine, but without a doubt, like he knows that that's what we need to use if situations like that happen in the future. So now, Bren, I know you have attended Fax Camp Tag for many years and the Fax Teen Retreat because that's where I met you. So can you tell listeners about these programs? What is Camp Tag? And then what is the Fact Teen Retreat? And then just tell us what you think of it, too. Okay, so the first time my family met Eleanor was actually in 2010, I think. We had heard through the food allergy community. We've been connected with them since 2010 when we started kind of getting involved and meeting new friends with food allergies. We heard about this fact camp tag through our friends and through different websites. And we're just like, well, why don't we try this? We have family there. We can make it a week-long trip. And and so the 12-hour drive out there, I think, was worth it because I ended up meeting a lot of new friends. And I've been attending it every summer since. And it's been a nice atmosphere for me, I think. And so now what do you do at Camp Tag? So I know there's some food allergy education, but do you run around like monkeys? Do you play games? Tell me what happens. So it's in the in-person one. It's kind of all organized to where you know what you're doing every day. Because you can say, oh, I'm doing this today. Let's go maybe get ready for it, right? So we can always know what we're doing ahead of time. And then it's just like fun activities, group activities. It's all about kind of spending some time with people who have the same conditions as you. And mom, what do you do during camp? Well, I love it. Actually, the first time we went to Camp Tag, I didn't know what to do with myself because I had the benefit of trust, right? So I was able to say, oh, I dropped off the EpiPen. Eleanor has the wipes. I didn't know what to do with myself that first week. I Thankfully, we were in New Jersey, so my aunt and uncle were literally a rock's throw from there, so I got to enjoy their company. But it was the best feeling because I knew that he was in good hands. And I got to see these great pictures of Brennan. Eleanor would post them of like they were doing golf carts or they would be running and playing tag together. They did archery in New Jersey. They were swinging from things. and and then. As we just, we kind of became friends also with the uh, family. So then I started to meet other parents and we would then have ourselves go to breakfast or lunch. And I actually got to have more conversations like Brennan where people just understood me. I didn't, you know, that sense of belonging, I think is something that when you're not in a community of like camp tag, you are sometimes you I feel like I speak a different language or, and sometimes I'd have to forget, oh, right, you don't know what I'm talking about because I do have to wipe down grocery carts or I have to be careful with our food touches. But I was I also had the pleasure and of getting to know other families that shared similar life experiences as ours. 
That's what I experienced when I went to teen retreat, which is a, a great segue into teen retreat. So, Bren, tell us about teen retreat. So I've only gone once, and it was, I think, 2019 is when I saw you, and I saw, again, a whole bunch of friends there. And I know that you saw me walking with a bunch of friends down the hallways there. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. It's more like it's not as much... I mean, there is some like enjoy it's there's there's some games, but it's more about learning what's going on, learning what's going on. And when you're young, you don't really want to think about that. You just want to have fun, have fun, have fun. But I think it's really nice to have to learn what's going on around the world, learn how people like you are dealing with stuff, learn how people like you got through college or got through a trip where all they ate was enjoy life granola bars. And I think that that's really it's it's really healthy to sometimes learn how other people like you manage to get through life. I couldn't agree more. My daughter's been attending for several years and and this year she was actually late, able to lead, I believe a session or two. And there is something just so magical about meeting people who understand you and you don't have to explain why you're reading all the labels and you're standing in the grocery store on your phone calling the manufacturer and I agree. It's it's magical. But Sh Shannon, can you tell us a few things about Teen Retreat from your perspective? I loved all of the educational seminars that Eleanor provided, not only to uh, the teens, but also to the parents. Again, just forward thinking for me, you know, yes, he's a sixth grader. He will go to college one day. So it was so helpful for me to hear how other families were beginning to those conversations with colleges, the travel. I thought Kyle Dine was phenomenal. Like there's absolutely no reason why you can't travel. So you, like Bren said, you pack a bunch of granola bars that you know are safe and that's what you eat for a week. Why not? You can do that. But I think the independence that I saw for Bren was great. She wasn't around to tell me not to have another cup of lemonade. <laughs> and even eating that, that was an opportunity for him to work with the management staff. And he ate what he felt comfortable. And I felt comfortable knowing that he was surrounded by other people that didn't treat it like it was something so foreign. The independence and the dance party and the late nights that Bren thought were this, just the best. Yes, he was tired the next day, but... I think he had a full full heart of happiness. Well, let, let me make this clear. This was over a year ago. So <laughs> a, lot, a lot has changed within me since a year ago. So now how do you think you're going to be acting at the next teen retreat since you've matured? Oh, I'm totally going to the next one. <laughs> I love that. Me too. I am going to be looking for you. Now, is there one favorite thing you can tell our listeners about teen retreat? Well, first of all, it's people who are around your age, maybe not exactly the same day in the same month in the same year, but they're around your age. And, you know, it's just people who have gone through the same bullying and the same kind of scenarios that you have. And I think that that's what both Camp Tag and the teeners you do really well is prepare you for those real life scenarios. Beautifully stated. Thank you. So now because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we couldn't do Camp Tag this year, but we did virtual. So FACT hosted a virtual summer camp and then a winter camp. So can you tell listeners what that was like? So it's kind of different because, I mean, you're not there for a week all day, but you're there to an hour a week. And this was back in the summer, it was an hour a week. In the winter, it was three hours, so an hour every day for three days. 
And I think that that was really enjoyable because you can't go run through the woods if you want to, but it's still the same feeling of everybody knowing what to do and everybody knowing what you've gone through. And it, it was also nice to see some familiar faces, maybe from 2017 or 18 or 19, or maybe even some new faces. And I think that's, that's really nice. And if I recall, everybody received a box. And so can you share with listeners what was in that box you received? So it's mainly just an assortment of stuff. Maybe you'll need it for the session. Maybe it's just to enjoy yourself with. Maybe it's to empower you, or maybe it's just something to put on the back of your car. But it all kind of helps with spreading the spirit. Okay, so during our interview for the blog that Fact had written about you, um, it was mentioned that you had dealt with food allergy bullying. So I don't know if mom or Bren wants to answer this question, but if you can share with listeners what happened and then how was the situation handled? I think she has the better uh, summary of it than I do because it's, it's sometimes even hard to think about it. But I think that's really great of you to say that, Bren. Yeah, so... We really were lucky in the beginning of Brennan's school experience. We had phenomenal administration and teachers and friends and extended friend families. And, you know, there was an educational push around food allergy. There was great management in the lunchroom. They allowed me to go and, and just to kind of help. But as the years kind of progressed, you know, I don't know if it was how this happened, if it was that the school staff changed, lunchroom staff changed, the administrators changed. It just suddenly the food allergy understanding was starting to dissipate. And Brennan had a situation happen in fourth grade where a teacher had been on maternity leave. She came in. We didn't have a regroup of a 504 plan. You know, we, of course, she had the 504 plan, but there was a big blunder in which chocolate milk cartons were introduced into Brennan's classroom. And there was a whole discussion around, should there be chocolate milk in the cafeteria? So that week, I knew something was off with Bren. He's pretty happy-go-lucky. But that week, his behavior when he got home was really sad and easy to be frustrated, not wanting to go to sleep. I knew something was off. Unfortunately, I don't know if Bren knew how to handle it because it was between him and a teacher. And he was expressing that other children were concerned about milk cartons being introduced into the classroom. I'm not the only person with milk allergies in the world. There probably was another one with milk allergies in there. So the long story is the teacher accidentally broke Brennan's 504 plan. Thankfully, they responded fast. They said, we're going to clean it. Our mistake. We violated it. We're sorry. The reason I bring it up is the disconnect between what happened and then I don't know if it was ever corrected with some children. And it was during that week when Brennan would say, kids are saying it's my fault they can't have pizza in the classroom, mom. Kids are, kids are telling me I'm never going to have a good life because I can't have milk. So start, it became from microaggressions to macroaggressions. So we met with his school at the beginning of the school year last year. And we said, look, this was a big blunder. And Brennan is definitely showing signs of unsafety and concerned that his food allergies aren't going to be taken seriously. And I just don't think that was really being heard 100%. So he had an aide in the lunchroom that was supposed to be helping. He had, you know, a great principal who was always on his side. But it was the example of when other people don't take things seriously, it really becomes problematic. And kids were unfortunately beginning to taunt with food in the lunchroom. And Brennan felt very alone. Not to me, but it was a scenario where they would like do it to my friends because they knew if they did it to me, they'd definitely be suspended. 
Right. So he was watching like food taunting happen to his best friend, which then he would say, if you, you can't do that, you can't, that would make me very sick. It just became a downward spiral. And the more I felt like we advocated, it was being not understood. All I cared about in those moments is hearing what Brennan was indicating to me. He described it as he used to keep it bottled up in a jar. And then when he would come home, he'd open the jar and he would just let it all out. And then I thought to myself, right, but you shouldn't be holding this jar. This is not uh, healthy. So after many talks together, we knew it was time for us to part ways, that it wasn't really an environment that was supporting his emotional health. Academically, yes, he was excelling. And it was really hard because we developed some really great relationships with his former principal and with some of the teaching staff. But we knew that it was just not working for him anymore. And I can say it was so immediate to see a difference in Bren when the pandemic happened. We then were able to start, unfortunately, catching the some of the comments negatively being directed towards him, particularly around his food allergy online. And we saw a post that went out to the classroom about wanting to buy chocolate milk, of all things, chocolate milk, and pouring it on Bren because Brennan had stood up for another student. I stood up for my best friend, even. He, yeah, it was very misunderstood. He started standing up for his best friend and he was doing that fight, flight, freeze reaction. They were only seeing it like fight, fight, fight. And it was like, no, he's self-advocating <laughs> and he's not being heard. And he's leaving the lunchroom because he's not feeling safe. And he's been taught to leave a situation if he's not feeling safe. And and we role, Eleanor role plays that with kids. And I tried to express like, no, if he's leaving, it's a safety issue for him. I want him to leave. I don't ask him to stay. It just got really complicated. And the downward spiral of his own mental health is where we knew this, we can't do this. If we're not being heard by the teachers anymore, if other parents, particularly in his grade, stopped really understanding it and wanting to be helpful anymore. So life presented us with an amazing opportunity. And my husband was also saying, hey, I need a life change with my job. And wouldn't you know what? We ended up being offered to move to California. And we thought, aha, all of our answers, here are the answers that we've been waiting for. So we went through this and we said, okay, I guess we're supposed to move to California. And so here we are now. You, and if you or your kids saw me at summer camp tag, I was in California winter only <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was in California. I know we made the right choice because Bren's back, right? And the negative self-talk is dissipating the sense of not feeling worthy is dissipating. And we learned, we call it the food allergy friend filter. At some point, you have to say to yourself, this is not healthy for me and I matter more and I want to be around people and a community that is willing to see my condition and not make fun of it, but just realize, hey, I might need to eat something different. Hey, I might ask you if you can provide me with some safe popcorn if you're eating popcorn. Make it just what happens and not make it adversarial or hostile or make fun of. It's just a medical condition that requires some help from time to time. Well, first, thank you for sharing that story. It's so important. And I'm just so grateful you shared the story because so many people go through the same situation, but they think they're the only ones. And it just gives so much power to families and kids when we all start talking about this. Thank you so much for that. 
So on that note with sharing life lessons, Brent, if you were to hear a younger kid say that they've been excluded from a school activity because of their food allergy, what would you tell them? Okay. So I've been in this situation before, so I know exactly how to respond to this because you all go through life and you all are going to have problems. If you have a road, there's going to be a couple of bumpy patches where they had to replace the tar. It's just going to happen. So when you hit one of those, don't stop believing in yourself. Don't stop the car. Keep going. Keep moving and you'll eventually leave that bumpy patch. I love it. You're giving me inspiring words of wisdom. Thank you for that. That is amazing. So now just before we wrap up, Shannon, do you have anything you'd like to share with listeners? And, and Bren too, do you have anything you would like to share with listeners before we wrap up today? I would like to thank FACT for many, many years of being just so supportive of our community and allowing us the opportunity to share and to learn from one another and build community. I don't think I would have been able to manage. In fact, I know I wouldn't have been able to manage some of the situations I encountered as a parent without the education that I've received from the Civil Rights Department of FACT, from my friendships with so many of you, and also knowing that I wasn't the only one educating Bren on how to handle life circumstances like that, that he was prepared by multiple people and also built his self-confidence and his self-esteem because definitely you can hear it in him that he just knows he just happens to be a person that just happens to live with food allergy, that just happens to do things a little differently than other people. And for him to have experienced those moments, um, I think really enables him to be fulfilled and blossom as who he is. That's wonderful. Thank you. And how about you, Bren? Anything else you'd like our listeners to hear today? So I think that the main key to solving problems is figuring out if they're there at all. And so I feel like any time that I can sense that somebody has a problem, I just say a few words. Are, are you struggling with something right now? Just a couple words. And well, maybe they'll say, yes, I am. And then you can help them and then they'll be fixed and you will continue with your life. And then there's some people that will say, no, I'm not. And I'll say, well, if you ever have one, feel free to share it with me. That literally just a few minutes, maybe a few words even. Get, that'll get a lot of meaning. So Brennan and Shannon, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was so much fun. And Bren, I love your insight. I love that you have a 40-year-old man locked into that body. I just appreciate you sharing your story very courageously and just being with us here today. Thank you too. It's a real pleasure to be here. And I'd like to say thank you too. We love FACT and everything that the whole FACT team does for us. We are so grateful for that as well. Thanks for this opportunity. Well, thank you. And hopefully we'll see you again on the show. Thank you all for listening to FACT's Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, share, and review our podcast and be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.